0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: And we are back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider, episode 19. Uh, And the last one, guys, I don't know if you caught this, but uh, we got some Florida State listens from the last one because of our conversation about Amari and Cooper. Uh, But that's such a great thing when it comes to podcasts. Wherever you are, and whenever you want to listen, it is on-demand listening, on-demand recruiting information uh, with the top crew in the game. Love my crew over at the MichiganInsider.com. Of course, joining me on the podcast as they do every single week, Bryce Marriage, Steve Lorenz, two of the TMI family as we roll deep. Guys, how you doing this week?
2: Good. Good. Uh- Fantasy team has literally already moved to four and before the Sunday slate is even over. So can enjoy the rest of my weekend. Uh, everything else is great though.
1: So you don't have any lions on your fantasy team then, do you?
2: I actually had Swift on the bench and he actually, it's a, a PPR league. He actually had a decent game fantasy wise, but again, I, uh, Gonna gonna be honest and say I actually abstained from <laughs> most of today's game and I'm feeling pretty good about it. it feel feels good. To, it's relieving to yeah, uh, avoid that misery. For, I uh,
1: I admit I fell for the banana in the tailpipe this week. <laughs> oh, no, I actually picked the Lions to win this game and was like, oh hell, that mm. was actually a good. Well, I ha- the inter- it's like yeah. a triage unit playing for yeah. the Saints this week. Everyone's hurt.
2: That's the first thing. That was the first thing Bree said in party. Probably was like, yeah, you know, we were we were really. He didn't even say pretty, like kind of, but like we were really banged up this week. You know, we came together. and It's just like, just twist the knife in further, buddy. Hey. You know, like.
1: Well, you know what? If you're gonna, it does you no good to be sort of bad. You need to be pretty damn bad. So you know what? If this is leading the Lions to Trevor Lawrence, I say, let's go for it. Let's go for it, <laughs> Bryce Marriage. How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, I know you were out and about this week. That was the name of the game for us as we have gotten back on the road gradually, as I explained at the end of last week's show. It's been a a process, us looking around, sort of surveying the area, making sure we can get out and travel safely. Now that we have a plan of action about how we hit the road, that's what we're going to do, and it's going to bring even more information to the podcast and, We are always information-heavy anyway. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate and review it. Tell your friends about it as well, wherever they get their podcasts. They can find it, iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Spotify especially is is a really popular platform. Wherever they find their podcasts, you can find us. Search Michigan Insider Podcast, and these will come up. Of course, the Michigan Recruiting Insider, Wolverine247, and the Michigan Basketball Insider which will also be dropping another episode this week. Uh, but a first for the Michigan Recruiting Insider is we're going to bring Josh Newkirk in because Travels, Travels, that was the name of the game for us. I made it out to uh, West Bloomfield uh, versus Clarkston, which we will talk about later because my trip to Arizona to see Chaparral versus Swirl was canceled. And that was going to be a, a great opportunity to see Quentin Somerville and Anthony Lucas will have to push that down. They got canceled due to COVID. Bryce, you made it over to Gross Point South against Dakota. We'll get into that. But Newkirk had a, a really, really productive trip through the Garden State where he stopped by Williamstown to see Keon Saab, uh, one of the top players in the 2022 class, the number one player in Jersey, a guy who has uh, expressed early strong interest in Michigan. Then he made it up to see uh, Michigan's commitment. We'll find out. How do you say his name? Is it Goducci? Is it Gdice? Is it Jadice? How do you say the man's name? We will find that out from Josh Newkirk. Uh, and then, of course, he rounded out his trip going up to Bergen Catholic, watching a big-time in-state matchup there in the Garden State, two top five teams, Bergen Catholic versus St. Joseph's Prep. So with that, let's go ahead and bring in Josh Newkirk. First of all, Josh, welcome to the podcast. How are you, my man? Hey,
3: thanks for having me, Sam. You know, it took me, uh, what, nine years to get here, but I'm here finally.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Josh, let's just start off first with the the very first stop on the trip. You made it out to see Keon Saab, the number one prospect in New Jersey, Uh, The number one, is he still, is he rated the number one athlete in the country?
3: Yeah, number one athlete, number seven overall player by uh, 247 sports rankings. I believe he's number 11 in the composite rankings. He's a legit five-star talent. Uh, We have him listed as an athlete. Michigan is recruiting him as a free safety, uh, but he's just a guy. You know, he's Mm -hmm. a dude you want on your team. He looks the part, very confident kid, very but humble. Uh, Just talking to him, he was the first stop. When I got off the plane on Friday, go ahead, Sam. Shoot away with some questions. Yeah,
1: yeah, so he, I know he grew up a Michigan fan. He said he grew up liking Michigan and SC. Wolverines have been all over him. It's unfortunate they had a a bit of a connection there, more than a bit of a connection there when Aaron Lewis was on the roster, a defensive line commitment and early enrollee with Michigan, but uh, ultimately had to go back home, decided to transfer closer to home, be close to his mom who's battling an illness, and so he's back at Rutgers. Uh, but still, it just feels like Keon is feeling that Michigan connection despite the the departure of a guy who he would, he knew in, in Aaron Lewis and the departure of a couple of coaches, a couple of the Jersey coaches who he would have had connections to as well, and Anthony Campanelli and and Chris Partridge, still feeling that Garden State feel in Ann Arbor, you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, he's aware of all the the Jersey talent that has still gone to Michigan. Obviously, you've had the Jabril Peppers, the Rashawn Gary's, Jordan Morant, the guys that have made their way to from Jersey to Michigan. While he doesn't have a personal relationship with them, he's still aware that he's still he knows Brad Hawkins personally. So that that also helps. I just think the one thing that matters is the relationships that he has with Michigan. He mentioned he has a strong relationship with the Wolverine's coaching staff, particularly uh Safety's coach, Bob shoot, who he says, contacts him two to three times per week. And he really just says, Hey, this guy's a real genuine dude. He's a guy that it seems like he cares. And and he's, that's what he's really all about is the relationships. And as well as coach Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh, even FaceTimed him, uh, last week, to, uh, greet him, give him good luck before his first game in the season, which, uh, his team played on Saturday. I believe they won yeah, 21 and nothing. Yeah. So, so, I mean, The Michigan's putting in the work. They've made him a top priority. And we know when Michigan makes you a top priority, they're going to go, you know, 100% towards you. And and it seems that that's what um, both Bob Shoup and Jim Harbaugh are doing right now. And it's paying off.
1: Yeah, he's a guy that fits the, the safety mold for Michigan. He is an amazing athlete. You watch some of his basketball clips of him, you know, running, dunking the back. I mean, he was dunking in middle school. Kid is just an explosive athlete. But then when you watch him move, watch him run, uh, you know, watch him flip his hips, he's a safety that can cover. And that's the reason why, you know, Michigan, I mean, every, every school is, you know, covets a talent like that. But especially with the way Michigan uses its safeties, he seems like he would be a, a perfect fit. And I'm wondering if that's something that he's really uh, latched on to the style of play in Ann Arbor.
3: Yeah, I know that he told me that Bob Shoup has uh, said that he'd like him to play free safety. I said, did he sort of go over his sort of game plan he would like to you know, use you in? And he's like, we haven't really gone that too far deep into it. He just mentioned that's exact, but that's what he wants him to play. But I just know the main thing with him that he just kept reiterating was that it's not about the facilities It's just or you know, the campus. It's about his relationship with the coaches, and that's really where Michigan's knocking out the park right now in his recruitment. Uh, They're just really, really starting to generate a close bond with him, and he's a kid. I think that, you know, Michigan's going to be on his short list until he makes his announcement, which he says he'd like to do it at one of those all-star games Mm -hmm. for, you know, post-senior season. So we'll see what he does, but I'm going to say right now, I I don't know if Michigan's going to be the leader. He wouldn't say that. But I think Michigan's right there. If they're not one of his top three teams, I'd be surprised.
1: Yeah. You certainly be sure to check out the video interview. You'll be able to see it for yourself. You can't see it for yourself as that story is already up over on the MichiganInsider.com. But that's not the only stop that you made during your Garden State tour. So we can preview some of the other content that's on the way. One of them, and we finally got his name right, Dominic Jadis. 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 Dominic Jadis, the defensive lineman from Modern Day High School in New Jersey. Hey, man, we've caught him everything from Jadis to Guaducci (laughs) to it's Jadis. Dominic Jadis. Uh, So you made your way up to Red Bank Catholic, a road game. And this is, you got to understand, in Jersey, I mean, look, and this is how it should be for all games. You know, the screen air limiting into 500 people and you got to be on list. I think the governor was at one of the games that you were at. The governor of New Jersey. So they, you know, they were being very, very strict with who they led into these games. And so you made it over to Red Bank Catholic to watch uh Jedi, or Jadis, excuse me, to see Dom play. So what were your impressions? What are what are people going to see on film when they watch him?
3: First off, there was one guy that represented the team for the coin toss. It was Dom for Matter Day. He was their team captain. So obviously, one thing that sticks out right off the get-go, he's the team leader. You, you can't, you know, leaders, leadership. That's something that I know Harbaugh covets. So that's one, that's one bonus right there. That's one, that's one good thing. Uh, also two way player. Start He's the starting center, starting defensive end, high motor guy. I believe the first play on offense, he pancaked his uh, uh, opponent. I don't know how big the guy was, but I felt bad for him. So <laughs> like, so he, he, he plays to the high motor and that was one That was the one thing evident throughout the game. I don't think he had a sack. But he had a a couple nice plays as far as tackles, hits on the quarterback. He's a high-energy guy, 6'4", 250. Uh, You know, like you said, we haven't really known too much about this guy. You were like, hey, Josh, we need to go get some film on this guy. We we don't know much. And so now I I feel like I got a little taste of what this guy has to offer. He's going to be a high-energy guy, and I think that I don't even know if he'll end up at defensive end, Sam. I I could see this guy maybe adding – 30, 40 pounds, moving on the inside of Mm D-tackle, or maybe even switching over to the offensive side, playing somewhere in that interior. He had really nice pass pro, showed nice feet, good pass blocking ability. And like I said, he had the one pancake. So he's a guy that you just, you know, I know it's maybe cliche, but it's something that Harbaugh looks for. He's a football player. Uh, You can't have all five-star guys. You got to have some grinders. And he's that type of grinder that I think Harbaugh likes. And there's always these type of guys in the class, unheralded guys, and he sort of fits that billing. But he's going to be one of those grinders in this class. Yeah, that's how,
1: how I kind of see him. I and mean, we'll get into this with the rest of the crew uh, and get their takes on Jadis, Dom J- Jadis. But when I sort of just looking at his profile, I said, you know, this is the, a classic example of the kind of guy that they, they put some weight on to kick inside. Right? right. And have him play, you know, a hard-nosed... Uh, three tech. I think you likened him to a a Matt Golden type of guy. Yeah,
3: right. He's going to be in the inside. I, I I have no doubt about it. I don't think he's fast enough to be on the outside. He's not with the type of players that we've seen in Don Brown's defense the past few years. You know, he's no Winovich. He's no Rashawn Gary. He's not. I, I don't think he's that type of athlete. I, I just think he's just with the way he plays. He's going to be the hard, tough-nosed guy that you're going to. You know, I. I'm not maybe a Rob Renes type. I mean, I'll drop some old school, like just those, <laughs> yeah, those super old those, school, those lunch pail type guys that you want in the middle that don't get all the praise, but they get that. You know what? They're the guys that help you win football games. So that's really what I think he's just going to be that right team attitude guy. And that's why I had to mention that, hey, he's already a team captain. He's already got those leadership qualities. And I think that's attractive when you're when you're trying to get those building blocks for a team.
1: All right. So your last stop, and a huge game in Jersey. Two top five teams. Yeah. Uh, you had Bergen Catholic, who I mean, we have seen uh, Jordan Miranda's obviously on the team right now, who's a Bergen guy. And then St. Joseph's Regional, a yeah. school with commitments. I mean, they have a couple Michigan State commits, they have uh, some Rutgers guys. I mean, two big time, big time perennial powers. Mm-hmm. And you got a chance to see up close and personally a guy that a lot of folks feel. Michigan is out front for. He's visited here a couple of times. He's close with Jordan Morant, a DB that Michigan has prioritized, a young man by the name of Jaden Gould. And I'm just curious what what you saw and your impressions. What can people expect to see and hear uh, from what you're going to put up on Jaden Gould this week?
3: Hey, I just got to say one thing, Sam. I had a little deja vu going to that game on Saturday. I was like, man, I've been here before. And you know what? I have. On my last big Jersey trip, I went to go see Jabril Peppers, and that was a big game. And that was one, one of the best performances i ever seen. But the following day, I went to go see a defensive tackle, Maurice Hurst. And he played against St. Joe's Regional. Now they got destroyed by like 50 <laughs> points. But I was like, man, I've been to this field before. This looks familiar. So, yeah, so it was a little deja vu. But back to gold, uh, yeah, great athlete, great game. Uh, Virgin went out, went up there, up 24-7. to 7. Uh, the name escapes me, the running back commit that's going to Michigan State for mm-hmm. St. Joe's. That kid is the real deal, Sam. I'm just, you know, you mentioned that there's a couple state guys in that game. That running back, he can play. He, he had an 80-yarder to the house. He was keeping his team in the game. Uh, They ended up losing 24-21 to the end, and there was a lot of big-time plays by big-time players in that game, and Jay Goal had, a, had a, a fumble return for about 40 yards. He really didn't get tested too much uh from, from the opposing team quarterback, but he uh he definitely looks like a playmaker. It's it's really just something where when you're good, they're not going to test you. So I think they were just picking on the other cornerback, and which they were. Uh, but it, he's a guy that after the game I talked to him, he said right now, hey Michigan, I'm very high on them right now. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a direct quote. I put that in my Newkirk blog earlier this morning. Uh, he's he basically made a point. Hey, I'm real cool with Michael Zordich. That like that's my guy. Uh, and we already know we've saying, been hearing
1: that a lot lately. A lot of these dudes have been saying. Yeah. Z is my, is my guy, and it, it flies in the face of what a lot of people say or what, what the impression is of Mike Zordich as a recruiter.
3: Well, here's the deal, and we both know Zordich, Sam, so like we've, we've talked to, to Mike, and here's the deal. He's a straight shooter, and he's, there's no BS with him. He'll just sort of tell you how it is, and that's how he approaches these recruits. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to recruit you because I'm old school, I'm going to tell you if you suck today, I'm going to tell you if you do good, but I'm going to be fair. And that's what he does. You know, there's no, he's not going to sugarcoat it. He's going to tell you exactly how how he feels, but they also look at the results. They, They look, Hey, they see Jordan Lewis in the league. You know, they see David long in the league. Right. So they're, they're, they're seeing the results from Michigan go to the NFL. So, you know what, if this sort of, I don't know, ornery, Older gentleman wants to give me a hard time. I'll take it because if it can get me paid someday, it's worth it.
1: Right, right. So, Audric, is it Estime or Esteem, the Michigan State running back commit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that dude. So he was good yesterday, huh?
3: He's the real deal. I think he's gonna, he's gonna give he's I think he's gonna uh, give some teams some trouble in the Big Ten once he arrives.
1: All right. So a lot to come. You'll have highlights of, of Jaden Gould, a video interview of Jaden Gould, and again, I know you dropped a crystal ball. Of Jaden Gould to Michigan, you aren't alone in that. As you know, there are that seems to be the prevailing sentiment right now. But does not look like, does not sound like he's on the verge of a decision. But uh, check out, check out the interview. Check out the interview, and you can get all the details about what his timeline looks like and other schools of of major interest. You'll be able to glean that from the interview that you're going to put up. Uh, but there are some other guys I wanted you to take a look at, especially a young. Huge kid, uh, but a young kid who is already starting to get a lot of attention. And the the crazy thing about it is first varsity game. You were you were there, Josh.
3: Yeah, that kid was uh, Sadir Mitchell uh, sort of having like a surreal moment after the game. The kid was just off shucks like, man, he's like, this was my first game, man. Like, this is my first varsity start. And he, they played against their biggest rival. Because you know St. Joe's has knocked them out of the playoffs. The winner of this game wins the state championship in Jersey. This was a big time heavyweight game, and this was his first start. So he was really just sort of in in the moment. Um, but then you know what? Uh, he had a lot of positive things to say about Michigan. He, you know, he's he's another uh, he's friends with Jordan Moran as well. He's uh, Michigan hasn't offered him, but he's 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 been listening to Jordan on on feedback on Michigan, and he's intrigued. He wants to visit. He wants to uh, talk to the Michigan coaching staff. So he's in the very beginning stages of his re- recruitment. Like, I believe he has already double-digit offers, but I don't know if he's how many visits he's gone on. It probably hasn't been a lot, especially because of the ongoing pandemic. But the kid is 6'5", I think he said 300 pounds already? Yeah. He, he might not be 16. I mean, that's <laughs> – I, I don't <laughs> – like, Yeah, class of makes- 30, 30, 30, 30, that, that, that's about right. <laughs> Makes me think of the movie Wildcats, that big defensive tackle. I mean, just huge, man. Just yeah, think um, about it, though.
1: His first varsity game, before his first varsity game, he had offers for Rutgers, of course. But, uh, you know, let's toss them aside. They're going to offer basically every everyone that's halfway decent in Jersey. But already had AM, USC, Virginia Tech, Penn State, Ole Miss, and Partridge jumping in there, Florida State, Arizona State, Tennessee, I mean, and that's before his first varsity game. So it, it makes sense to to get some some eyes on him uh, and to talk to him now because very, very likely that that's gonna be a guy that Michigan moves on.
3: Well, yeah, and I think he's gonna be a guy that just moves up the rankings, period. He's just when if someone's so big, I mean, and so young, he's just gonna keep improving. And he he already he made some plays. I gotta go back and look at the film. I haven't chopped it all up yet, but Yeah. Michigan's going to get on them. I think they're, you know, they just got to start building that relationship and, and, you know, having guys that they're already recruiting on his current roster and, you know, having Jordan Morant already on their roster helps. And you just got to, you know, keep, keep that pipeline going.
1: Absolutely. Well, folks, a lot more to come from Josh again, already up the Keon Saab interview. Be sure to go check that out form your own impressions of how strong Michigan is in, in that recruitment, and that courtship. But then, of course, you got Dom Jadis, who mm-hmm. is, I think, I think he's going to be a guy that winds up on the inside, but uh, you get a chance to see him in the high motor that uh, you heard Josh talk about. And then, of course, the, the main event, if you will, Bergen Catholic, St. Joe's Regional, uh, in a knockdown drag out between two heavyweights, Featuring one of the top targets on Michigan's board in the 2022 class, Jaden Gould highlights an interview to come from that as well. Great job as always, Mr. Newkirk. We'll catch you on the board, and I know you'll be out and about next week. As you know, as road warriors go, Mr. Newkirk, I know you're everywhere, man. And so we'll see. Maybe a little closer to home next week, right?
3: Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I think I think next week you'll uh, you'll keep me local.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Bryce. Will Bryce will be out speaking to which. Let's get on over to Bryce and Steve. All right, fellas. So there you have it. I got to start off by saying, I'm sorry. I apologize to Bryce marriage because I made him the butt of a joke. We were talking about uh, pronunciations and he called Brian Jean Marie, Brian Jean Mary. He said, play Adele Rey instead of play Adele Ray. Uh, and then he said, Dominic, Dominic. Jadis, And I said, that's not right. It's just Gucci, And I was wrong. Bryce, you were right. Bryce, I apologize, my man.
4: Listen, you know, <laughs> every blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. I found mine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Here's the thing, though. One of the things that was hammered home in in Newkirk's sort of observation of that game is what we sort of already knew about. Don being a super high intensity effort guy, uh, but he also confirmed my, my suspicions. And I wonder if you guys feel the same way. I just, from the moment they got him, I felt like this is the kid that's going to wind up on the inside. Brian do thinks he might wind up being an offensive lineman and, and Newkirk got some video of him playing O-line. So I guess I could see that, but this is a classic, classic guy that you bulk up and move move inside at least classic under Don Brown. I don't wonder what you guys think.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, History has said, right? At this point, we guess we can safely say history says they're going to take one or two guys like that every cycle. You look at Chris Jenkins' last cycle, very similar. I think around, (laughs) I don't know where Dom's at right now, weight wise, but I mean Chris Jenkins was two played at two forty five, I want to say two fifty, at a senior year at a good council. So, yeah, I mean they've they've definitely not afraid to take a guy that. And I, you know, I know there's been a lot of discussion on the board about it lately, about them taking guys that maybe take a year or two to get to the weight and get to the size that they want, that Michigan wants them to play at a big time level. But absolutely body, body uh, type uh, size definitely to me projects as an interior guy, whether, you know, the offensive line stuff's new for me, hadn't really watched a ton of his stuff, to be honest with you, uh, but have felt that it was going to be defensive interior. But either way, whether it's offensive or defensive, I think he's an interior guy, a power, you know, a power player uh, type guy. So uh, fascinating stuff. Interesting. The offensive line stuff said an interesting little wrinkle in there. I mean, that's that was the deal with Phil Paya mm-hmm. uh, a few cycles ago was, you know, kind of on the surface was recruited as an off, a defensive lineman. I actually when I went and saw him play at Berrien Springs, I actually thought he looked a lot better on the offensive line. So that's always a possibility, right? And mm-hmm. and um, it's never a done deal. Does not matter what their uh, 24-7 sports profile necessarily says with some of these guys. You get them on campus, the, the staff will work with them, body type, style, strengths, weaknesses, and then go from there. Yeah, so.
1: you're absolutely right. And I want to be clear. I, I don't think that Michigan has said a word to Dom about offensive line. This is just thinking out loud. That was the projection that Brian Doan made. After watching some film and Newkirk just observing him, he said, "Man, I watched him pancake this kid. <laughs> I watched him pancake this kid playing, you know, playing offensive line." And he said, I, "I, I guess I could see him him playing there, uh, but certainly they've they've talked to him about defensive line versatility, and I could really see him. My projection is inside on the defensive line for Dom Jadis, Mister Marriage. All right, but let's let's talk about another guy though, a guy that is." A source of great excitement in the 2022 class for, for Wolverine fans, and that's Keon Saab and, and Bryce. I know both you and Steve were in early on this being a guy of interest for Michigan, and really, I mean, maybe fans don't want to hear him say that he grew up in part of Michigan fan, right? I think he said Michigan <laughs> and S- Michigan and SC, but this is a guy that is a tremendous athlete and Michigan is very much in the running for the number one player in New Jersey.
4: Michigan's done a really good job with uh, just secondary recruiting in general for the 2022 class. They positioned themselves well with a lot of these guys. And Saab is one of those in the mix. He's a guy, I think you want to say 6'2", 190, um, kind of bigger frame. A guy that can fly to the ball. He can come downhill. He's not afraid of contact. And he's a guy that's also been in contact with Bob Shoup. Quite a bit. I want to say weekly, sometimes multiple times a week. He's really um, got a good rapport with him. I know Newkurt just did his rapport with him and talked about how he's been building up their relationship. So he's really connecting with him. And I know on top of that, Coach Harbaugh, who seems to be really active just recruiting in general, has been in this recruitment helping with. He's been on Zoom calls. He's done Facetimes with him and stuff like that. So he's a kid. I know he wants to visit Michigan. Once, you know, the visits are allowed and he's a kid again in uh, New Jersey that they've been really recruiting. He transferred to Williamstown, which mm-hmm. sounds familiar because that is home of Aaron Lewis. Yeah. So Michigan did have a tie there at yeah. one time. Aaron Lewis is now gone. Yeah, but I talked about that. Tough know, one. It, it hurts a little, but I mean, you know, at the same time, he's a guy that he's going to do his own thing. I know I've talked to him about that before and he's looking at Michigan. He likes quite a bit. And I think it's interesting, too, because a lot of people just assume New Jersey's now. It's just gone. it just evaporated or something because Partridge and Campanelli just left, so they're like, we can't recruit the state. It's done. We lost the two main guys. And Zordich, Shoop, Jim Harbaugh even have done a really good job of still making their presence felt and being a player in a lot of these recruitments like Saab.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm listening to, listening to Newkirk kind of – echo what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks with Zordich resonating with these with these kids I think in this case in the case of the Garden State uh, it's been it's been a matter of them taking advantage of the footprint that was already established don't just concede because your Jersey guys are leaving or have left these kids are prone to; they're predisposed to liking Michigan or having a Michigan interest because of the heavy Jersey migration to Michigan. They, these kids have grown up saying, "Hey, Jersey guys go to Michigan," so it's giving them a foot in the door. And Zordich has been taking advantage of that. With, of course, Gould, we're going to Jaden Gould, who we're going to talk about in a, in a moment. And then Steve, like I said, I know you you too were at the uh, you know on the ground floor of saying this will be talking about Keon Sao, will be a guy of interest for Michigan.
2: Yeah, and I think the great point about, you know, the idea when Campanile Partridge both depart that all oh, Jersey's done, they got to find a new area to kind of mine. But yeah, it's it's the point now. There's so many guys on the roster, or that have come through. You got Jabrils in the pros now. Cesar Ruiz is in the pros now. Michigan actually not only have they recruited successfully recruited a lot of guys out of Jersey, but they've done stuff with them too. Brad Hawkins is going to start this year. Uh, Jordan Morant seems to be a guy. I know Gould has mentioned Morant multiple times, you know, maybe the sort of that older influential guy that uh, a lot of kids on the team maybe have looked up to or whatever. So yeah, Saab, fascinating. I know another guy, uh, one of the guys on our board actually compared him to Brad Hawkins a little bit as a solid comparison on the surface. Uh, I know Saab also, I believe played wide receiver plays wide receiver as well. Mm -hmm. Offensively.
1: He scored Uh, in their game yesterday. Yeah.
2: So You know, a dual threat guy, but really, again, obviously, Michigan taking a look at him at safety and not a guy. I don't think any of us are close to a crystal ball on. Right. I mean, his national recruit, he's going to get a lot of attention, but maybe not maybe a little bit different because we talked about him more than Larry Turner Gooden. But similar in that, like Michigan is like right in this one, like this is, you know, you could again, speculation. They they could lead right now for all we know. Mm -hmm. This feels like he's very his interest level is very, very high. Uh, You know, but definitely a name that I mean, I know we're going to be, you know, covering the heck out of this kid now for the next 18 months or whatever until these guys can sign. So uh, but a high level player, high ceiling player and a guy that, yeah, I mean, you you think about we've talked about how well they've recruited safety. You get Rod Moore in the fold. We'll see if they take a second. Could kind of go back to getting elite guys after, you know, 19 and 20. They signed so many.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned Jaden Gould. Uh, That is a guy that. You know most of the team. Steve, have you put in a crystal ball for Gould yet? Yes, you I did. Bryce has as well. Bryce, I mean, Bryce? has Newkirk. Newkirk heard enough to put his yep. crystal ball Saw in. That. Saw yeah, that. so I'm a, I'm about there as well. And this is a kid again, connection to Michigan. Even once Campy and CP left, I mean, you know the connection is so strong. He's been to Michigan so many times that he's developed this strong affinity. And you have Morant here, which he he talked to Newkirk about, and you're going to see that in the interview when it's, when it's posted. Every reason to believe, even though there are other schools in the mix, every reason to believe that Michigan, at the very least, is the current favorite. I, I think there's a, a consensus in that regard. So then it's a matter of can you hold on? Can you hold on to that lead? Uh, and I think it's, you know, as you see, Brad Hawkins do well again. This is going to be another something that we talk about. You remember we talked about last week how Darion Green Warren doing well means something to those guys, those West Coast guys that he came up with out there? Brad Hawkins, it'd be great if, if Jordan Morant was, you know, was going to play. But I don't know that that's going to happen this year. But Brad Hawkins, uh, you know, serves that same role for a DB uh, you're talking about a couple of DBs. Brad doing his thing this year at the level at which they think they're gonna do he's gonna do it, I think makes the case for Jaden Gould even stronger. That's why I'm I look, I'm on the verge of of joining you guys, but but Bryce, you've been on that crystal ball train for a long time now with Jaden
4: Gould. I'm gonna take a little take a little praise on this one. I was the first on that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little praise on that. The player was first, but you know, Michigan, he saw. It. Going back to why I made that prediction, he's been up to campus three times, which is quite a bit. Um, He got the offer from, I want to say, Partridge. And so, again, like you said, a lot of people thought, you know, the the wheels are going to fall off the uh, train. They just thought this is it. This is over. And at that point, Michigan made sure that didn't happen. It was Zordich that got in contact with him, made sure that kept that relationship going. And on top of that, like you mentioned, Jordan Morant, A.K. Donny Brasco or Brasco, whatever his name is, like you pointed out to me. Um, he's been helping with that recruitment. He's been training with him. That's something, you know, and he's talked to Moran um, about, you know, saying, hey, how's Michigan? And it's a different type of thing when you're going on a recruiting trip and getting the feedback from the coaches compared to a guy on the team, because he's going to tell you, Straight up how it is, if if it's going well if it's not, and how the campus is. So, so far, so good on that. And then on top of that, Gould, I think, was recruiting a guy who's, I f- forgot his name, but he's committed to uh, Ohio State. I think Jair Smith or Brown. Um, mm-hmm. Once he got his Michigan offer, and he mentioned, hey, man, hit yeah, me up Brown. about Michigan. If you want to know anything about it, just let me know. And I thought that was pretty strange because you don't see many uncommitted guys say, "Let's talk about Michigan and right. stuff like that." So I know he wants to make a fourth visit on top of this, and just stirring all that up in a pot, it looks like a crystal ball pick for me. So and yeah, Steve, Michigan looks really
1: good. Is Steve like Newkirk said? He said uh, Zordich is my guy, and it just uh, it's amazing how something that we've been ta- we've been talking about it for a little while. But suddenly it's like now every corner we talk to is like Zordich. It's like like this like they've been listening to the podcast or something.
2: That's, yeah. Well, the other so my two things with Gould uh, when I put the crystal ball in, one of them was actually I think I don't know if it was Bryce's interview, the same along the same lines of the Jair Brown stuff. He mentioned Domani Jackson. Like he mentioned guys like okay, like he said uncommitted guys don't talk about guys that the school is targeting and talking to these kids is random. You know, it's like, that's interesting. And he's already been there. I think that's a really big thing too now, especially. Right. So yeah. With Zordich. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we've, we always have to dig really hard. I feel like to find out like to get the gist of the cornerback board sometimes, but not, right now if it's heading into 22. It's as clear as I think it's ever been uh, that I can remember since I've been doing this. And and we're now hearing, yeah, we're hearing Zordich's name way more often. Not to say that again. Not saying that maybe it's not as big a change. It's not as if I don't think anything's changed drastically necessarily. But they, I think you, they know this. It's a big emphasis in the 22 cycles to to, to get this elite defensive back class put together because, like we've said before, the chips are really there for them to do it. I mean, take a name, pick a name, pick three or four names, you know, and it's like. You could argue right now they're within the they're in the top five for about. And again, we're not trying to get anybody's hopes up because you got to finish the deal with some of these kids. Right. It's not it's not a foregone conclusion uh, with really any of these guys necessarily. But man, the the possibilities are really enticing this early, uh, you know, with about eight, nine guys that are probably within the top two, four, seven right now. You know, so, um, yeah, the possibilities are Gould's fascinating. I don't know what you guys think. He could play safety too. Yeah, I, his the feel, I just I was lucky enough to catch his film. He posted on Huddle right before we got on. He's one of the most intriguing guys they're recruiting. I feel like because he didn't have any film last year. I think he was. I don't know if he was injured all year or he was out for part of the year, but could not find any sophomore stuff for him. Got a good look at his his first game. Uh, I know Newkirk will have more with that, but just from my cursory watch of it, he played in the box a little bit. He stepped out a little bit, played some safety, also did some man-to-man stuff. Just you think about Don Brown and his emphasis on versatility defensively. This kid really seems to have a lot of tools that they could use in a lot of different ways.
1: Yeah, you look at that class, and Bryson and I were talking about it before we came on. Uh, we, you look at Damani, who we we think they are at least in the top two or three for. Jaden Gould, we think they lead for. We're going to talk about Will Johnson coming up, a legacy, right? Larry Turner Gooden, who they have connections to. Uh, and they're going to be a major a major factor for. Uh, Keon Saab, who they are at least in the top group for. Dylan Tatum. Dylan Tatum is a guy who factors in on, on both sides of the ball, Michigan calling him an athlete. But, you know, watching them guys, and he had inter- interception in the game that I saw. It's like, man, this this kid is absolutely t- – he, he reminds me a lot of Rod Moore in the sense that Really good speed. You can line them up over over slots, sticky in coverage in that way. Uh, in the interception he made, he was he was at the nickel spot, lined up over a slot, got a good jam and ran through him. He he broke up a slant and intercepted the ball. Uh, it was an exceptional play that he made. Unfortunately, it was in a loss. Uh, but you look at the the top DBs that they're in on in that class, and if they just get a couple of them. It's like wow, you have you've smashed it in, in recruiting, and they are obviously, you know, pushing for more than a couple. Uh, but how about this? We'll we'll take a pause, and then when we come back on the other side, we'll pick things up with Bryce's stop over the weekend. He went out to see the number one player in the twenty twenty two class in the state of Michigan, a five star corner, a Michigan legacy, which I just mentioned, and Will Johnson. We'll jump on that on the other side of this break.
5: Selling a little or a lot
1: All right, guys, so we've been talking about knowing. I've been knowing Will since he was a middle schooler. I've been knowing Dion, his dad, obviously much longer than that. A former Michigan Wolverine, a safety out of Detroit King, one of those crusaders of the early 90s, came and, uh, and played at Michigan, diehard Wolverine, but has always made it clear to me, I'm not going to force my son to go to Michigan. If he goes to Michigan, it'll be because he likes it, because he had moms and mom's an alum too. But if he goes to Michigan, it's because it's what he wants to do, and it's because they've done a heck of a recruiting job to get him. So I'm curious, Bryce, as you went out to see Will in action, first, let's just, what did you think of his game? What did you think?
4: of How did he play? So this is actually the second time I've seen him. I saw him last year as a sophomore, and I thought this year, one thing that stood out, I mean, they didn't really throw the ball at him. I think they had the – pretty good. It's going to report on him. Don't throw the ball at Will Johnson. Pretty smart on their end. They ran the ball quite a bit, but what the key with that is, you know, from a corner, you kind of want to see him step up, see how they're going to help and run support. (laughs) And he definitely checks the box on that. I mean, there's one hit where he just levels a guy. He did get flagged for targeting, but I mean, he just destroyed this kid and he has no problem filling, you know, the box coming up in the box and helping and run support. He's a guy that I mean, he just flies, and he's so, so physical. I mean, even on offense, he caught a couple passes, and he took a one pass, which was a 10-yard pass, and he dragged like three or four defenders with him for another 15 yards. It was incredible. So he's got that intense um, intensity, that physicality you kind of look for at the corner position, and it fits perfect for what Michigan wants at that position.
1: Yeah, you know, watching him, I guess I've never, never had a question about physicality with Will. He's always been... Bigger, stronger, uh, just an imposing guy on the on the corner. Uh, From the moment he stepped foot on the high school uh, football field, uh, and now he's added some more muscle to that frame, where he can throw he can throw guys around even more. I mean, if there was a question that people had, it was more about speed, and he he began answering that question this summer. I was at a combine; he was at a sound mind, sound body combine where he ran a a hand time four four seven. So you you adjust that for electric time, you're still in the mid four fives, mid to high four fives, and that's for a guy his size, six two and some change, two hundred pounds at corner with good hips, and excellent strength. You see why he's ranked as a as a five star kid. I mean, teams are going to avoid him, but he shows that he can be still a factor in the game in other ways, whether it's coming up in run support or playing offense, but. You know, to, to me, the more interesting aspect of, of his recruitment is what they have the luxury of with a case like Will, is you gotta plug to him. His dad has made no bones about how much he would love to see his kid at Michigan. Now he's not gonna force that. Uh he's not gonna tell him that's what he has to do. But if Michigan wants to know where they stand, if 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 they need to find out, hey, this is is he liking another school because they're contacting them more or are they they're giving him a message about where he play or they will know what another school is doing to appeal to him. If there, if that other school is appealing into him to him in a way that Michigan is not. And that is a great luxury to have in this recruitment, Steve.
2: Well, information is King, right? So I mean that, yeah, to have that outlet is you can't really measure how valuable that is for Michigan, especially in a race that we know like at this time next year, if he hasn't committed anywhere, this is going to be the one that we're going to be hearing about every day. We're going to be asked about every day. Maybe really, I kind of am wondering, maybe more than with Edwards just because of the legacy factor. You know, because I think, and, and knowing that, and we'll see how they finish at cornerback in 21, but it is going to be arguably their biggest need, along with interior the defensive line in 22 is cornerback. You know, and again, we've talked about there's a shot they do really well. Either way, though, it's it's a need. Whether they were in on all these guys or not, they need to get some guys. Same deal. You got a five star in your backyard whose dad played for the Wolverines. There's gonna be a lot of pressure on Michigan to to kind of win this one. So yeah, information's king. You know, it's like and you talk about the the difference in approach is always fascinating as well. I, I think you gotta tailor it. To the kid. That's right. Yeah. That's part of the, that's part of the, of what makes great recruiters. Great. Good recruiters. Good. I think is, is getting a feel for the kid and, and knowing how they've, how they uh, kind of uh approve things or how they prefer things, you know, from, cause yeah, some guys love the, the attention, love the phone calls, love the texts, love that stuff. Some guys, and we've seen, I think you see more and more with, especially the elite guys, eventually it gets, tiresome and mm-hmm. then you got to kind of figure out how do we balance it mm-hmm. you know and i think that's going to be a big big thing for michigan in this one he seems like a pretty reserved uh quieter kid very much so right you know <laughs> yeah. so i it's, it so i think their approach i think michigan could be an approach where michigan's had an advantage there in, in some capacity uh but again though ohio state yeah is going to be heavily involved we know how well ohio state has done at defensive back right i mean yeah. that's going to be a big uh, I don't want to say it's going to be a big hurdle, but just from Ohio State's, from the standpoint of Michigan versus Ohio State, you know Ohio State is going to uh, hammer that point home every single time they talk to him. Uh, you know, so it's that's going to be fascinating in that regard. You know, the 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 consensus from average fan is, how could a kid whose dad went <laughs> to Michigan let it? You know, let a kid go to Ohio State. You know, but again, I mean, he got to... this. This is hey, you know, not going to tell your kid where he's going, but he's
1: going. Yeah, Warren yeah. is one. It's it's happened before here. With with Will, and it, it's it's easy to get thrown off because he is a super great observation. Steve, he, he he's so quiet. I remember talking to Dion about. He said, "Man, sometimes I don't even know he's in the house. He's like I, he's, he's like a ghost. You don't hear from him." So, I you know I think that it is important. It, it, it another one of your messages that I think is spot on, is to stay engaged with. The, the people around him, is not just his dad, but dad is the primary plug, uh, to see what is resonating, what's working with him, what is, what is he thinking. Because here's the other thing. Some of these schools cheat when it comes to contact, right? I mean, let's just be frank about it. I won't say you know, Wait, this school or that school. I won't say this school or that school. Some schools cheat with the way that they contact these, these underclassmen early. Now, again, how do you get around that? How do you get around the contact issue if you aren't going to cheat? And this is a place, this is a recruitment where you have a unique in. Ordinarily, like you, if you have a great relationship with the high school coach, the high school can be a conduit. Hey, Bryce, call Michigan. That's what that's the way that it, it's typically done when you want to get around. Uh, when you want to get around a, a contact issue, you could. This kid's dad uh, is an administrator. Uh, you know, is an alum. You got a connection to the dad that that is outside of this kid. And the dad will be happy to be, to be Michigan's plug. And there are any number of, of, of coaches or trainers in the area that he's cool with that would be willing to do the same. So this is a guy that if contact winds up being a, a thing, and I think it was at one point, I think it was at one point, I don't think it much – Earlier in a recruitment of a kid who's been recruited since he was a freshman, now it should be noted that Michigan was one of the first to offer, but some of these other schools cheat when it comes to contact, right? So, again, you know, sort of balancing that contact equation has been a a, a bit of a process, and I think Michigan has done it. Now, staying on that, you know, staying engaged with dad, coach, trainer, whoever it is that can keep you up to speed with Will and what he's thinking and what other schools are doing is crucial in a race. Where, Steve, as you pointed out, Ohio State, major factor. Kerry Combs is a guy who's really very popular in the area. Uh, they have produced uh, elite defensive backs, as you said, over at Penn State. Tim Banks is a high school teammate of Dad, uh, his primary recruiter over at Penn State. So you got, you got ties and plugs elsewhere that even with the legacy thing for Michigan, uh, it's still going to be an undertaking to get it done. Now, that is an advantage But it's not an impossible barrier for other schools to get over. And I think Michigan recognizes that.
4: So three things that I got in terms of recruiting-wise from him, other than the game, was one, they're not going to be outworked in this recruitment. Mm -hmm. Deion said that straight up to me. He said, listen, they're writing handwritten letters. They're hitting him up. They're making sure he's a top priority. And he knows it. And the dad knows it. Mom knows it. Everyone knows it. Two, the second thing. Zordich is on him, but they said, actually, the second coach on him who's really turning it up is Sharon Moore. And I think putting your ace recruiter, which we've talked about quite a bit, is a huge plus. And I think just having him in state is making a difference. And I think it's going to make a difference in this recruitment. And the third thing is, with sound mind, sound body, he's seen plenty of guys go to different colleges, but the one guy he really took note to is Ambry Thomas. He's someone he kind of fought his career, he took him under his wing. Dan said, man, this kid had no trouble. He never gave us trouble. He's a hard worker. We just love everything about him. And so he really resonated with the Johnson family. So those three things alone, I kind of look at Michigan. I'm like, okay, they're a really good position. But like we've all been saying, you just got to finish the job. But I, I think this is one of those that's going to take a little while. Mm-hmm. But those are three of the main things I took away from my conversation with him and dad.
1: Yeah, finish the job. That's a great segue because I made it to the Clarkston West Bloomfield game, which is the marquee game in the state of Michigan. They aired it on Fox Sports Detroit. I don't know what's going on over at the MHSAA, but suddenly, you know, games are being broadcast on, on Fox <laughs> in the regular season. I'm like, hell, you know, the world is coming to it or something. I shouldn't joke like that because it might be. <laughs> but, but. Uh, it was a huge, huge game. Huge game. Uh, and it, it took the sting off of me not being able to go to Arizona. And I will never – I'm not booking any more trips to Arizona. So that's that's out. <laughs> COVID has now knocked me out of two trips to Arizona. So I'm done with Arizona. Uh, I'll see Quentin at the, uh, at the Adidas All-American game. Sorry, Quentin. Uh, but this game, uh, it lived up to the hype. It went to overtime. And Clarkston won. Clarkston with the offensive line tandem of Garrett Dellinger and – Rocco Spindler and there was a contest that you know when West Bloomfield goes back and look they don't even need to go back to look at the tape to know they they squandered an opportunity they were up at they were up 21 to 7 in the third quarter uh this was a game that mistakes and allowing the margin to stay close enough uh for for Clarkston to stay in its game plan was the difference in the game Ah, uh, because you you had mistakes at the very onset, early in the game. Donovan catches Donovan Edwards catches a screen pass and walks down the sideline virtually for an 80-yard touchdown. Called back for a penalty, right? They go down and they still score because Dylan Tatum on a jet sweep. They go down the field. He scores on a seven-yard jet sweep. Ah, uh, you know later on they uh, Donovan they drive down the field. Donovan plunges over the you know jumps over the top for a one-yard touchdown. Then on it must have been the next drive. It might have been the, the the either the next drive or the one after that for Clarkston, Dylan Tatum and I just talked about him a little little bit earlier, lined up in that nickel position. Uh, you know we've heard Ron Bellamy call him the Honey Badger, uh, because he can he can do everything. He can line up on the corner. He can blitz. He can play some offense. In this particular instance, he was lined up over the slot. Got a great jam on the slot run stride for stride. It was like he was running the route for the for the receiver. And jumps this slant and intercepts it, and there's like a minute to go before halftime. Minute or two to go before halftime, you score there. You go into the breakup, twenty-one to seven. Squander that opportunity. They weren't able to do it. They come on the second half, eighty-yard touchdown off the out the gate to Max Hairston uh, to put them up twenty-one to seven. And then just mistake after mistake. The first thing was not being able to 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 tackle. When you have the opportunity, you're over, overrunning plays. In that third quarter, Clarkson had the ball for eight and a half minutes. On, on one drive. They, the, the, uh, It was one play in the third quarter that West Bloomfield had the ball. And it was that 80-yard touchdown. It's the only time they had the ball. Clarkson leaned on them. Rocco Spindler was good. Garrett Dellinger was freaking great. He was unbelievable. Uh, his athleticism, he was getting to the second and third level. Uh, they score on that eight-minute drive to make it 21-14. to 14. They come out, West Bloomfield does, and there's going to be a big place, a swing pass to Donovan Edwards, but the quarterback throws it behind him, and it was a backwards pass. He drops it. Clarkston picks it up. They wind up scoring on the next drive. It's 21-21. Then there's another opportunity, still another opportunity for, for West Bloomfield. A hitch pass, pass. The quarterback bounces the ball to Donovan. Donovan picks it up, though, throws it down the field for like a 28-yard pass. Big play, right? But it would have been a touchdown because there was not a Clarkston player within 15 yards of that receiver. The ball is in bounce to Donovan. He gets a good throw off, and it's a touchdown there. So squandered opportunities. But what did we see in this game? We saw the versatility even with limited snaps for Dylan Tatum, offensively and defensively. And then we saw Donovan Edwards in his capacity as a receiver. He lined up more at receiver, guys, than he did at tailback. And this is a big, big deal. We said it all along. I know it didn't necessarily show up before this game. I think when they played Southfield, uh, you know, I think that they may have had him behind center or in the backfield the entire game. This was the game where it showed the versatility that he wants to be recruited with, where he was lined up more on the outside than he was at tailback in Steve and Bryce, that is something that has been emphasized by Michigan in his recruitment and is going to be a big key for them to continue to emphasize it, which we know they will, but for him to also see it when they get out and they start playing games on the 24th.
2: Props to Allen. This player comparison is uh, <clears throat> the guy maybe Lions fans are from more familiar with after watching today's game and Elvin Kamara Mm -hmm. for the saints as being, you know, as being a guy that really can be as dangerous splitting out as he is in the backfield, you know, so to see him getting more and more reps in both of those areas, a, you can't have enough of those types of weapons. We talked about before about the NFL is really trending with that way. And as far as the running back position is there are more and more guys, you know, that are doing both, you know, and then also to me, provided if Michigan can finish the deal here still makes Tavier Dunlap a really important commitment because he's a straight up running back, you know, not saying, not saying he can't make plays out of the backfield with the screens or whatever, not a guy. I don't think you're going to see them split, mm-hmm. right? So Edwards gives them a multitude of, of ways that he can hurt you um, and then pair that with Dunlap. You really have kind of a, such a great combo to add to what they already have in the running back room uh, going forward. So yeah, props to Allen. That's a great. The Camara comparison is so good. You know, are, I think is more dangerous catching the ball than he is. I mean, he's great out of the backfield, but man, I mean, what do you have? Like, I don't even know how many catches he had today. Uh, he either. was.
1: I don't know how many. I know he was second in the league in receptions. Yeah, no, I mean,
2: it's, it's it's insane. You know, like the the du- sort of almost a dual threat running back. Really, you talk about dual threat quarterbacks. You know, there's, there's a lot of these guys now that can can really hurt you both ways. So. No, fascinating stuff, Edwards. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be interesting.
1: Well, you know, Bryce, you mentioned my my Donnie Brasco reference earlier in the show, uh, talking about Lefty being kind of like the 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 conduit, the you know the the rep, the guy who vouches for you know vouches for a guy with the family, and I you know whether we're talking about Jordan Morant and Brad Hawkins and and kind of playing that role. With a guy like Jaden Gould or, or Keon Saab or Darion Green Warren, you know, serving in that capacity with Damani Jackson and Larry Turner Gooden, Makari Page. And I'm going to talk about this during the week. I sort of alluded to it uh, here in the last week when we start talking about the talk of them moving Dax around. And it's more than talk. Uh, you know, how much they move him around. Is largely contingent upon what other guys do, and if Makari Page, you know, rises in in the ranks, uh, the the way that some of the coaches, so Don Brown just talked about him in the in the press. I know he talked about everyone, but I, I can sense a difference in the tone in talking about Makari. That has weight. That has major weight with Makari. I mean, uh, with Donovan, it's his best friend. Uh, you know, him getting early PT matters not not that he would donovan would choose michigan because macari's playing but it just adds to the case like here you have a guy he if he were to go and and play a major role early oh my it it just it's another feather in the cap for a guy who is still running his own race and not in any rush still wants to get out on visits uh, have some exclusive content he was in no mood to talk after the game as you might expect when they had a 21-7 lead and they lose it and they squander it uh, and it was really due to mistakes he was in no mood to talk but I got a chance to speak at length with dad who really shined a light on some of the factors that are starting to kind of rise in significance here in the home stretch so we will get to that a little later on in the week but it's just a a sign of many things to come but let's switch gears here on the way out of our football recruiting discussion guys. Uh, because Steve raised something uh in our group chat about defensive line recruiting uh and especially in the 2022 class and my initial sort of take on it and I wonder if you guys agree I mean this has to be a year where where they load up on on true inside guys when you think that's how it seems to me anyway is going to have to be a focus in 22
2: yeah I mean, it's got to be. You got to start building up in the interior. We really, it's it's been interesting to me looking at the roster right now and the way they've recruited. I know some a topic I've kind of had to bring up or or at least bring back up to users many times is you're talking about guys like well Schauff, uh Chris Jenkins, guys that were going to take a little while. <clears throat> a lot of this stems back to the fact that you got to remember who they signed in seventeen and you look at how they recruited 18 up front and even maybe 19 a little bit although 19 they got hitting in Mozzie, you know four star guys you know there's a, a the depth isn't there as as much as it really should have been because that 17 class is pretty much gone and never really made a huge impact you know it's really at this point now you have Quiddy Pay who is the lowest ranked out of all of them is the guy that's making by far the biggest impact and you're crossing your fingers to hope to get anything out of Donovan Jeter and Luigi Villain. And if those guys don't produce, you're talking about, you know, Duran Irving Bay, ah, Aubrey Solomon, yes. Phil Paya, Man. You know, got, like this was a this was supposed to be their best defensive line hall they'd almost ever right. brought in.
1: Duran Irving right? Bay was a was an all American, yeah. Army all American. Yeah. It just didn't, you know, wasn't able to wasn't able to put it all together here in Michigan or at Central either for that matter. I don't know. Is he still is he still on the roster up there? I
2: have no clue. I haven't even checked. You know, yeah. but either way, you're talking about a ton of that's a lot of beef that it would have been in their what fourth year right now mm-hmm. that you'd be counting on right now. They'd be deep as hell if even two of those guys had panned out. Aubrey Solomon transfers, so it leaves Michigan in a position where yeah they're in rebuild. Mode as far as the, the interior of the defensive line. They got guys. <laughs> Steve, but it, you, you're heard
1: hurt, hurting Michigan fans sold. Deron Irving Bay, James Hudson, Aubrey Solomon. Hudson, yeah. Hudson's uh, the other one. Yeah, uh, Yep. Boy.
2: And really, you remember they moved Hudson to offensive line? That's because at the time, all of those other guys were still on campus and still developing. Yeah. It's where you feel like Hudson, who had a high ceiling at the time on either side of the ball, maybe a little bit higher offensively because you think, yeah, we got Solomon. We got Irving Bay still developing Jeter, you know, it's like, you. that's why you feel comfortable moving a guy like Hudson that doesn't pan out, you know, and like somebody brought up on the board last week, it's kind of similar. And I've said this plenty of times, similar to the 2013 offensive line class, mm-hmm. as far as you had a group of at least a handful of elite options that maybe didn't really quite work out or work out at all. And it, it really can set you back for a while. You know, and so Michigan's now in a position where you have to hope that Welshoff takes a step forward. You gotta hope that Mozzie Smith lives up to his his recruiting ranking. Looks like Hinton's definitely on his way, but you gotta hope that some of these other guys step up. You gotta hope Jeter gives you something now this year um to get to those to, get, to let those guys in 20, like a Chris Jenkins, to give them time to develop. You know, because you remember with offensive line for Michigan for years the problem was they were putting guys you know, in position that they maybe weren't ready for and it was hurting them. You know, they were the guys who weren't ready to play that were on the field too early, you know, and that's what you kind of want to avoid here, particularly when we know defensive line play is so pivotal. I think it's hurt Michigan against Ohio state more than anything mm-hmm. as far oh, as definitely
1: can, last year. Right.
2: I mean, you know, it's basically they've done, they've not done enough to go up front against Ohio state to stop Ohio state from basically b- b- getting to pick and choose how they want to attack them offensively. So all that thousand words being said uh 22 is massive for Michigan i think as far as getting bigger in the interior and yeah i think taking true true interior guys that are that are already interior guys not guys that maybe you have to wait a year or two for guys that at least physically uh, are kind of already there
1: so Bryce any names jump out at, at you in 2022 i know we're still you know this is going to be a focus for us to try to really see some of these guys but any names jumping out to you I know they have already added a a defensive lineman for that class which you just who you just went out to see
4: I was just about to say Alex Van Summer 6'3 285 I know he's not 300 pounds he's getting there he's a big kid though and he can move I know in one of the clips I posted on Twitter he plays running back for Essexville Garber and so that excited a lot of people and I think Steve actually quoted my tweet and said kind of Moe Hurst tradition there (laughs) <laughs> it's a big guy that can move like that. So, in terms of options, you know, you have Kaden Curry from Indiana. He's um, Who will the be top seeing. player. We'll be seeing who's the top player in Indiana um, right now. Ohio State looks like they're really good there. So that's going to be a tough um, one.
1: But he's very um, responsive to Michigan. He talks to Michigan a lot. So correct. It, uh, wouldn't, correct. Wouldn't go conceding that if I'm a Michigan fan <laughs> just
4: yet. No, absolutely not, Anthony Lucas. Like you mentioned, the defensive tackle you want to go see. Um, Wasn't able to, unfortunately, but he's the guy who's actually already he's already been on campus. You know, they offered really early. And that's one of those getting in, you know, jumping in the picture early can maybe help them in terms of this recruitment. So he really has connected with Sean Newell, who has roots to the state of Arizona, having been a coach out there. So he's the guy. Devonte Miles, in-state, yeah. River Rouge. Mm-hmm. I know Michigan's had a lot of contact with him. Really like him. He's a guy kind of raw, but still developing, and they think they can work with a couple guys. Sam you Miso down in Columbus. Tyson Ford. Love. So- him. 6'6, six, six, I want to say 250. I mean, this kid is massive, but yeah. he can move. Yeah, he, he can, can play move. inside
1: or outside. You know, I, right. I think that's the kind of versatility that he's going to bring you. He brings you great athleticism off the edge, but that kid's going to be 290 easy and, and it's not going to look like it. Uh, so I think that he, he is going to, you know, as is, is highly regarded as he is now in the rankings, I think he's going to be even higher. Uh, we were going to go see him too. Newkirk made it out to St. Louis. Uh, but they aren't playing, and it was he was the guy that we were gonna see a couple of Saturdays ago. But they weren't his high school isn't playing right now, so you know we'll have to try to see him another time. But definitely a major major focus. And you're right, he was tr- he was terrific at that uh, at that camp uh, with his with his speed and athleticism that could easily translate on the uh, on the inside. And then you know, Steve, you made a great point when it comes to interior defensive linemen. The best ones always seem like, at least in high concentration, always seem like they're in SEC country, right? It seems like you're mining in Florida or Mississippi or Louisiana or Texas or Alabama, uh, and these are, are hard pulls when it comes to getting those guys. That's what made RB Solomon so unbelievable is they went down into the heart of SEC country and got a commitment from that guy when all those schools, Bama, Georgia, all of them were chasing and were chasing hard.
2: Carolinas. And it's like all the ACC and SEC schools pretty much get their pay. I know California usually produces a few guys, but the bigger states always just produce guys anyway at every position. But as far as like, man, if you're LSU, you don't have to do anything. Like it, it just, <laughs> there's, there's a top 100 guy in your backyard every single year. You know, and it really, that's what we've said. The Midwest usually has what three, you know, what there's probably, I get, let me say, there's usually like a, you know, like a Levi Vander Plugin in Wisconsin, too. I guess it always ends up playing for Wisconsin, right? But, you know, like otherwise, there's always like just a, such a, there's, it, it's few and far between, you know, and Michigan has somewhat, they've had some success, I suppose. With guys, but really, when it comes down to getting big bodies, a lot of time I don't have. To say, I don't want to say they have to think outside of the box, but they either have to go outside of their region, or you know, maybe take a fly—not a flyer, but like kind of take a chance on maybe a guy who's not quite refined, not quite elite, you know—that's closer to the area. You know, I don't know if Devontae Miles maybe fits that bill a little bit.
1: They're interested with him for sure, right?
2: I think there's some real potential there, but not a guy that I don't think he's going to be a top 100 type you know, player when the rankings are all said and done with a chance to be a very good college player still. So yeah, it's interesting. I think that's one of the, really the, the geographical aspect of it. And it was like, we talked about before we got in the air, the no visits too in that aspect, really, you know, Michigan fortunate. They've already gotten Anthony Lucas on campus, right? I mean, that's big. They're already, at least he's already seen it and kind of has an idea, uh, you know, but, but yeah, so it's, I always thought i find that kind of fascinating, you know, I was like, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama. So it's like Alabama too. Not even really that populated of a state. I know it's a football. I know it's like football heaven. It's everything's football there, college football. But man, it's like there's always like a nice, perfect 6'6", 3'10 guy (laughs) that lives 20 minutes from Bryant-Denny Stadium, you know, that just happens to pop up on the radar and ends up being a, you know, borderline five-star guy who plays three years at Bama and goes to the NFL, you know? So, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah,
1: yeah. It's worthy, it's worthy of note, though, that is as much as we make that sound like the uphill battle that it is or that they are all of those examples of trying to lure guys from the South up North, Michigan is, they aren't uh, conceding the argument before it happens. There's a kid and and Bryce. I know you've mentioned this kid before, but Justice Finkley from down there in Alabama. They, you know, they have gotten good a good response from from that kid. Uh, he's a guy that Sean Nua has been in contact with. One of their uh, analysts is really plugged down there in a. Sean Larkin. So they have some some irons in the fire down there. But when we talk about kids that are in there, uh, right here in their footprint. Yeah, I know that's probably why some people look at Damon Payne and say, oh, that's a, you know, t- it's a, a tough miss, but one that they they knew was going to be a miss well in advance. But you you have these other guys, so Van, Sum- Van Sumer in this year. You look further down, Devontae Miles is another guy who they're tracking closely. You mentioned Caden Curry down in. Derek, Shepherd yep, from Der- Derek Shepard. Yep, Derrick Shepard. He's one to go. keep an eye on. He's one that they're watching close down there uh, in the Dayton, Cincinnati area. To kind of see how he comes along, but a guy you went to see, didn't you go see Joe Strickland, yeah. uh, uh, Bryce, or so a guy who has, you know, inside outside versatility as well down there in Indiana? Another guy that sort of, sort of fits that mold. So you know, we can kind of see how the board is coming together. What we are, what we'll be spending time doing here in the coming weeks and months is kind of establishing that pecking order because, guys, I, I don't know about you, but that's been the tough part for me. I know the guys that they're on, but between their emphasis and the reciprocity, trying to find out who they like and who really likes them back. That's kind of where I am with it right now.
2: Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's interesting with no camps and stuff too. You, we've seen them put a lot of offers out. I know there are a few positions though, not sure if defensive lines in that group or not, but positions where they're kind of waiting for some of these junior seasons to play out a little bit, to get the film, to maybe separate that top, just theoretical top five or six guys or whatever at some positions compared to the rest of their board. I know uh running back, which is loaded in 22, the the battle right now is how do you kind of parse through those 20? I mean, they've already offered more 22 backs than they did in all of 21, Uh, you know, unless they offer a handful of guys here to finish out. But I don't think they will, you know, but they've already offered more guys in 22. Where it's like, how do you kind of parse through that board when, like I said, I think there's like, 20 or 22 ranked backs in 22 already. So how do you kind of separate those part of it? Yeah. Is the reciprocity of interest, right? I mean, if the guy's not answering the phone, then that's, you (laughs) know, that's probably probably a pretty good idea that you're not going to have much of a shot there. So, um, so yeah, no, that's always kind of the battle. I am interested. You get six, seven weeks into some of these seasons. Some of the States haven't even started yet. You know, we'll get it further down the line. That'll probably be a, a good or better indication of where some of these, at least how Michigan feels about some of these different guys, you know, and really kind of take a different approach. Cause really at, at this point, normally, there'd have been a whole summer of camps. The coaches would have gotten to work with a lot of these kids in person, you know, one on one. You know, there'd be a lot more information available to the to the staff as far as how, you know, the strengths and weaknesses, that type of deal we talked about earlier. So yeah, that'll be that's really kind of I think where things may be at defensive line wise. You know, so let's see these junior seasons play. out. You talk about a guy like Devontae Miles. I think it's the same thing with Kamari Landers on the oh, offensive yeah. line at Dearborn Fortson, mm-hmm. you know, because so I think it's a guy that they're really going to they're watching, really kind of hoping uh, that they take that next step because you always love to have those guys in your backyard. It makes it a lot easier for
4: yeah, them. another
1: guy that you saw, Bryce. Right. I mean, not, not necessarily in the game, but in you interviewed him recently, uh, Kamari Landers.
4: Yeah. He's a, like Steve said, he's a big body. I mean, he's 300 plus on the scales for sure. And he's a guy like they're really monitoring. I know he said he, when I went up to go see him for a practice, he has talked to coach Harbaugh before. So he's definitely on their radar, but he's a guy that they want to see. Like Steve said, how is he going to play this, you know, junior year? I know he had a tough game against Belleville, but I think a lot of kids are going to have a tough game against Belleville. So, <laughs> right. you know, I'm, I'm going to give him a pass. On that <laughs> dude. Place.
1: Dude, you know. so did you hear about what happened? I know we'll, we'll, we'll close out the football discussion with this part. But did you hear about what happened in the belleville Fortson game? Belleville beat them like 70 to nothing or something like that. Yeah. So, so there was yeah. a kid. There was a kid. He was on Facebook. And he, he had like some tiger-striped shoes. And he was like, the Tigers won't catch me or something like that. <laughs> and so they get in the game. And they gang-tackle the kid. And Jamari Button takes the shoe. <laughs> takes his shoes off and throws them in the stand. I should laugh at that because it's oh it's a it's a penalty. You yeah. can't do that, kids. <laughs> don't do that. Just, please don't do that. It was a bad thing to do. But I couldn't help but laugh at it. Because the kid was talking, uh, he was talking uh. trash all week about how he was going to run all over the tigers with his tiger shoes. Took the shoes off, threw a in the stands, man. Mm. Terrible, terrible thing to do, but it was still funny to me. Mm. All right. right. <laughs> Shades of of Carl of Carlo Kemp right against Ohio State. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> that worked out about as well, too. <laughs> anyway, uh, you got to laugh, right, sometimes. And that will do it for this edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. A wealth of information, as always. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate and review it. And if you've already done that, tell your friends about it. Wherever they get their podcast, they can find this one. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, of course, which is a really popular platform at this point that we're getting a lot of feedback on. But definitely give us those reviews, those five-star ratings. We love them. Uh, just like we love coming on with you on a weekly basis, giving you the recruiting scoop. So be sure to check out all the great content set to come this week from our travels. Uh, we got another ambitious travel slate. This coming weekend, with a number of top targets that we're going to get out to see. So be sure to check that out on the next edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider.
0: Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better